It is good to be with you again in the house of the Lord. Wherever you may gather, we are in the house of the Lord from the various places we worship. Let us open our hearts and minds with a word of prayer. Lord, be with each and every one of us today. We've come seeking your guidance and direction for our lives. Help us recognize the gifts you have given us and enable us to put those gifts to good use in your world for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I could have Madison go ahead and come up for our call to worship. If it had not been for the Lord who reached out to us, we would have perished in our own selfishness. If it had not been for the Lord who healed our wounds, we would have to come to pain and sorrow. Praise be to God who reaches out to us, healing and restoring our lives. All thanks be to God for the many ways in which our lives have been blessed. Amen. Thank you, Madison. Well, friends, at this time, I just pass the peace to you virtually. Peace be with you, friends. And may you have peace and joy in your life in the week to come. Just got a few announcements here. I uh, got some great news. Um, so the village was put on hold when the pandemic uh, came upon us. Uh, we are going to have an outdoor village event Saturday, September 19th at 6 o'clock. It will be at the Tech Center. It will be outdoor. Uh, Melissa Ann and the Out of the Box Band will be with us. Uh, for those of you that have come and watched her before, you know it's going to be incredible. So please, please pass the word. Uh, there will be no food. This is going to be an outside event. Go ahead and drive in. You can sit right in your car or bring a lawn chair, but we do need to remain uh, distanced. And when you're out of the vehicle, masks are strongly encouraged.
And this will be a weather permitting event since it's outside. If it's if it, the weather's bad that day, we'll have to postpone. But we'll pray that there will be a great, great weather. I've uh, got uh, another praise. Uh, I'm told that work has begun or soon will begin. I believe the scaffolding is going out for our new roof at Ruder Chapel. We just thank God for providing a new roof for us. Glory to God. Uh, also, we have made the deposit on the new website, and we have secured a couple of domain names. Now, this is still a work in progress, but praise God, work is beginning. So we are a church uh, on the move. Things are happening, friends. Uh, also, I guess it's a praise. We'll turn into a prayer request pretty quickly. Uh, my third and final year of seminary starts uh, Tuesday. I've actually started um, the reading for that, so be, pray for me, friends. A lot of work ahead, but I'm excited for it to start. And I will be going to school virtually. Uh, so praise God for that. Um, Christian had a small procedure this week. Uh, it went well, so I praise God for that. And let me go ahead then and lift up our prayer concerns. Christian has some more upcoming procedures in the months that follow, so we continue to keep Krishna in our prayers. Um, I'd like to lift up prayer for a sweet little girl. In our area, her name is Poppy, here where we live in Scipio. I think it's in Jennings County area. She's battling leukemia, so prayers for little Poppy. And I'd like to pray for all those in our nursing homes in the state. Some are having outbreaks of coronavirus. So please, uh, let's be in prayer for the nursing homes, the families that are having to try to visit uh, online or the best they can, and all the caregivers at nursing homes. I'd also want to continue prayer for our teachers and our parents and our students, all those in education, uh, some learning from home, some parents becoming and caregivers becoming teachers for the first time. So we continue to pray uh, for all those in education. Continue to pray for our country. Continue to pray for our, our church, uh, in particular the bishop and his cabinet and our leadership. And I, I continue to ask for prayer, and we are in prayer for our church as we continue on in this pandemic and we continue out, continue um, to learn how we can be of service to all of God's people in this time. If friends, we'll pray for our prayer requests in just a few minutes. But before uh, we do, I'd like to share with you some words written by St. Anselm of Canterbury many, many years ago. And this prayer, it speaks about seeking and finding God. And when we pray, friends, we both seek and we find God. So here's a prayer from St. Anselm of Canterbury. O Lord, my God, teach my heart where and how to seek you, where and how to find you. Lord, if you are not here but absent, where shall I seek you? But you are everywhere, so you must be here. Why then do I not seek you? Lord, I am not trying to make my way to your height, for my understanding is in no way equal to that. But I do desire to understand a little of your truth, which my heart already believes and loves. I do not seek to understand so that I may believe, but I believe so that I may understand. And what is more, I believe that unless I do believe, I shall not understand. And that's from Anselm of Canterbury, around the year uh, 1033. We live from 1033 to 1109. My friends, I've always been drawn 
to Anselm. It was Anselm of Canterbury who said, God is much more than we can ever imagine. And that's my paraphrasing of his words. But friends, God is truly more than we can ever understand. And we'll spend our lifetime benefiting from God's mercy, God's grace, and God's love. But we will never fully understand the fullness of God and all the ways that God provides for us. And friends, throughout my time in seminary, I've read many, many theologians, and I just can't find anything that disputes Anselm's belief that God is greater than anything our human minds can comprehend. In fact, when I was asked to write out what I personally believe, and I was asked to lay out different theological thoughts, in the end, I came right back to Anselm in my closing argument that even though I've made all of these statements about God, God is still greater than anything that my mind can comprehend. So none of the, the theological beliefs and my theories replaced Anselm's words written centuries ago. Friends, God is not limited. God cannot be fully explained. God cannot be contained. The power of God cannot be contained. And our human minds just simply cannot fathom the extent of God's glory and greatness. Anselm was always pondering and always writing about where to seek and to find God, as you saw in the words I just read. When he wrote, wondering where God was, when he thought God was absent, he quickly corrected himself and said that God is always with us. And then he goes on to say he's not trying to reach God's status or God's height. He knows God is greater than anything his mind can comprehend. His words, friends, so simple, but so complex. And so his conclusion is God is everywhere. So why doesn't he seek God more. Maybe that's a question we should ask ourselves. Why do not we seek God more? And he understands he'll never understand unless he believes. And what a gift his words are for us as we reflect upon them today. Friends, God is ever present, especially when we pray. And we know and we believe that our God answers prayer. So let us now go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. God of compassion and mercy, who lavishes us with your love each and every day. You don't demand, but we earn it. But rather, you give it freely. Lord, we lift up our praises high to you with joy and adoration. We also lift up our many prayer requests, both spoken and unspoken. Lord, this day as we ponder how to use the gifts you have given us as a community for your glory, we pray for your guidance as we claim these gifts that you have given us all for your service. Lord, help us to encourage others to identify their special talents while finding ways to help each other in community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we say the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the scripture for today, we're not in the book of Matthew, actually. I realize I preached on a, a different gospel set of the similar story. So we are now in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Let us pray for God's illumination on the scripture. Let us pray. 
ever-present and loving God, who promised to always be with us. Open our hearts and minds to hear the message you would have us to hear, so that we might be changed while drawing ever closer to you. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Again, friends, we're in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Friends, I've titled this sermon that maybe our parents and Paul were pen pals. I hope you'll see as we go about that maybe that was the case. As you know, Paul communicated um, a lot by writing, giving instruction to the early churches. And in this scripture, we see Paul again giving instruction to the church. And as I read his words, it made me think of some of the words that my mother said to me as she was teaching me how to behave in the world, as she was showing me the way. Perhaps uh, some of these will resonate with you as well. Perhaps some of you have said these things to your children or they've been said to you. Here's the first one, mom will say. If your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump too? Then she would say, don't be afraid to use your gifts, son. God gave you your gifts. Use them. Sound familiar to anyone yet? And then there were mom's responses when I actually applied her advice when I went and used the gifts uh, but perhaps not so gracefully. She'd say, okay, son, good effort. But when you're using those gifts, be humble. Don't get the big head. My mom liked to say that. That was her term for being arrogant. And it was actually in the commentary they used the term big head. So she always reminded me to be humble and also not to be critical of others because not everyone has the same gifts. And I was reminded often to play my part on the team I played the best that I could do it, though always had to do my best. And once the teamwork was established, once we were all giving our best, then it was really time to hammer home the lesson about hard work and sacrifice. And I was told, and perhaps you've told those you care for, that anything worthwhile would take hard work and sacrifice. And I was taught to always work my hardest while giving the most that I could, and to always give God the glory. And then once again, Mom would say, don't get the big head, son. She said it twice for some reason. 
<laughs> she knew her son. I was okay with the hard work, but I was also often uh, quick to point out that the work that I contributed to a team, the things that I did that were, that were good, and I was also quick to point out the things that others did that maybe weren't so good. But she always brought me back down to earth and reminded me that it takes everyone on the team playing their part and using their talents to succeed. And I can't help but think that everyone here today once heard these words as a child and perhaps has passed this advice, advice along when we became parents and caregivers. And after all, when children come into the world, they're part of a new environment. They need love, they need guidance and nurturing. And as I wrote these words this week, I realized that perhaps Paul and our parents were pen pals. Okay, well maybe not, for obvious uh, time periods in history. But certainly our parents read these words. They must have read these words because our parents' advice go so much along with what Paul said to the early church. And so friends, we've got to ask ourselves, are Paul's words relevant for today? So let's take a look. But as always, let's go back and gain just a little perspective. Let's walk a little bit at Paul's shoes. We have to ask ourselves, when Paul wrote these words, were they written in a time of peace and serenity? Was everything perfect for Paul? Well, no, friends, it's quite the opposite. Paul faced persecution pretty much every day of his life, and sometimes... Uh, his life was in danger, and he was imprisoned for his words. And as Feasting on the Word states, the Imperial Roman Empire in which Paul lived in, it expected devotion and sacrifice. Idols, and there were many of them, were being pursued. They were expected to be followed and worshipped. And no one can deny the power of the Roman Empire in Paul's day. But I would submit to us today that isn't the world that we live in today bigger, more dominant, more demanding than even the Roman Empire. Aren't many false gods competing for our worship today, friends? Today's society is bigger, faster, stronger. More is better is the motto of today. We always have to do more. And false gods compete for our time and our devotion. And while it may seem like a stretch to say people worship false gods these days as they did in Paul's time, I believe one thing is certain. In today's society, it's easy to take our focus off of authentic worship. And so, friends, when we talk about authentic worship, about the true worship of God, what does that look like? Well, today's scripture talks about transforming our minds. talks about becoming living sacrifices. And what's required to do those things? How do we engage in authentic worship that is transformative? Well, I'm glad you asked. As Feasting on the Word states, in the face of idols that demand devotion and sacrifice, worship of the true God can be none other than giving one's total self as a living sacrifice. Okay, as I read that, I thought that's a good starting point, that's a good definition. But we probably need to go just a little bit further to get at the heart of what's required for authentic worship. So let's add to the definition again from Feasting on the Word. True worship gets at the heart of what a church should be. The early church, Paul's church, takes shape when combining nonconformity with becoming living sacrifices in the ways we interact with the world. Say that again? I'll say it this way. 
in a world that often loses focus on God's instruction for life, where many are going the wrong direction. Let's go back to the question our parents asked us. Almost if they read one of Paul's letters, if the world jumped off the bridge, should the church jump too? Well, the answer, friends, is emphatically no. We are called to live as God instructs us, and that is often in the opposite direction that the culture of the world is going. The church does not go with the flow. We are not followers of culture, but we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so what about the sacrifice? The sacrifice involved is in doing the hard work of remaining in true worship with God. The hard work is in resisting the urge to conform to the world. And friends, we have to do the hard work. And the hard work, as our parents taught us, as Paul says here, requires sacrifice. We are to be living sacrifices. We are to offer our whole selves to God. And friends, there is sacrifice, undoubtedly, when we stand up for our beliefs in a world that's going the opposite direction. There is sacrifice for not swimming along with the current of conformity, but swimming upstream as we follow Jesus. And in serving Jesus, we bring our whole selves, our gifts, our talents, our dedication. And yes, friends, even our insecurities, we give those to Jesus too. So speaking of gifts, we see a lot about gifts in the Scripture. And we see in the Scripture that each of us are given different gifts. But as we use these gifts collectively, we function for the good of the church, the body of Christ, the church, and for our church community. And as we use these gifts, Paul says that we must not get the big head. We serve not for our egos, friends, but for God's glory. And friends, we should encourage everyone to use their gifts because when our egos are set aside in true authentic service to God, there is room for all to feel welcome to share their talents. And friends, as I stand here today, I tell you, it's one thing to have talent, but it's completely another to summon the courage to use those talents. It takes courage. It takes a little self-sacrifice to put yourself out there using your gifts. And some may actually feel that they're not good enough because they're thinking about a performance-based world. The world outside is performance-based where people are always judging, always criticizing. And folks need encouragement, perhaps, to use their gifts. And they need to know that in God's world, in the church community, in the body of Christ, it's not about how well we perform, but that we are stepping out as living sacrifices, offering our whole selves and our gifts for the authentic worship in service to God. When we worship, friends, it is solely about God and God's glory. As one who sings and plays, which I do from time to time, I have to admit, I still get a little bit nervous. But then I'm reminded, I'm playing and I'm singing for God and God's glory. And I'm singing in front of my church family. And the one that I worship will be delighted when I make a joyful noise. And friends, we're called to make a joy, joyful noise. Sometimes it might not be harmonious. <laughs> That's okay. We're called to use our gifts, friends. And our talents, when we use them together, create an incredible witness to God, an incredible witness of God's love for our community. So as I start to close, friends, we are called to renew our minds and worship God authentically, which requires sacrifice. And we do not yield to the culture of today. But we always strive to do what God's word commands us to do, 
Just as in Paul's world, there is much division in our world today. And at times it seems as if the world is calling us to abandon our faith and we can't get swept upstream, friends. We can't get swept downstream, rather. We gotta swim upstream. Just as Paul's instruction was given in the midst of chaos, we are living in chaos. We are called to renew our minds, not for our own purposes, not for our own desires, but for God's glory. And this world needs transformation, friends. As a church, we are called to lead in the participation in the transformation of the world. And the church is not bound by worldly considerations. And like Anselm said, our God is not limited. Our God is bigger than anything that we can comprehend. And the church is authentic when it moves with the Spirit of God, when it moves with the teachings of Jesus. And we know Jesus didn't act in ways he was supposed to. He certainly did not go with the flow. Jesus was anything but a go-with-the-flow Messiah. As he took on systems of oppression, as he led with love and mercy and compassion. And friends, the church is charged to do the same. We are not to be yes people, except for when it comes to serving all of God's people. Then we are yes people. But we are required to move in God's direction, and that does take sacrifice. Not a popular message in Paul's day, and really not a popular message in today's day. Churches cannot conform to public opinion, but we have to go where the Spirit of God leads. Paul's church survived, friends. Not only did it survive, the early churches grew and they thrived in the face of culture that was clearly not on their side. Now, friends, we know our churches aren't growing at the rate they once did. And that causes many to think about the future of our churches. What will happen to our churches? That question was posed in, in one of my seminary classes and one of my seminary friends when asked about how we know if a church would survive or not. His reply was pretty simple. He said, a church will live if the Spirit of God is in it. And friends, I think that's true. I can't add anything else to that. God's Spirit and direction. Not worldly direction, not go with the flow, please all culture. Churches thrive when they listen to where the Spirit is taking them. When the church decides to model the actions of Jesus and when individuals pull together using their gifts collectively for God's church, offering their whole selves to God and not being afraid to stand up to the world and proclaiming the love of Jesus, then we're well on our way to making disciples of Christ for the transformation of the world. But before we can do that, friends, we've got to take a good look at ourselves and ask if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to renew us are we allowing the Holy Spirit to transform and renew our minds, not to conform, but to be in service to God completely with, with humility? And as we strive to live in this world, following God's direction, so that we may live with God in eternity when our work here is over. So now as I really get to the closing. Friends, I do think our parents must have read this scripture as they endeavor to teach us to think for ourselves and not to follow others blindly, to give of our talents freely as we contribute to a team while not thinking too much of ourselves. And as we work to make sure the talents of others are respected and encouraged, all the while while giving all the glory to God as we work for the best outcomes possible. And always reminding us to do our best and to commit fully with our whole selves with good old-fashioned hard work. And when we've done all that, we have to be reminded 
Be humble. Don't be arrogant. Work hard. Do the right thing. Respect others for a better world by giving God all the glory. Now, friends, we Methodists have a formula for this. Number one is do no harm. And that we do no harm by living God's way. Number two is do good for all God's people using our collective talents and respecting everyone. And finally, by staying in love with God, which is following the Holy Spirit on our faith journey while giving God all the credit for the wondrous things God has done for us. Friends, again, I say, be transformative in the world. Don't preach the sermon. Live the sermon. Keep your eyes firmly planted on Jesus. Amen. Friends, I have a, a song for you here. Uh, for Tim Menzies, Gene is going to cue that up for us. Thank you, Gene. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, sermons it really all comes back to the name of Jesus the life that Jesus lived the life that we are called to live sharing the love of Jesus with radical love and hospitality friends that is what we are called to do there is absolutely something wonderful about that name 
Friends, um, allow me to take just a moment uh, to share with you how you can send in your tithing. And there are several ways you can do so. You can mail a check uh, right to the church. And we have the address posted on our Facebook page. You might have to scroll just a bit, uh, but mail it to the P.O. Box. Um, and you can also give digitally by clicking on the About Us page and clicking on, once you click on About Us, there's a little icon that looks like the earth. Uh, click on that. We use Tidely. It's very secure. You can set it up one time. It's just so easy to do, very secure. Uh, but however you contribute, uh, we appreciate it. God will bless you for it. Let us pray for the offering. God whose greatness surpasses our understanding, who calls us to relationship with our community using our gifts. Lord, bless this offering so that it may be used for your glory. We ask that you bless the gifts and bless the givers. In your precious name we pray. Amen. And now, friends, for the benediction. Friends, go into the world with peace and joy, delighting in the diversity and blessings that God has lavished upon each one of us. Celebrate the good news of the love of God with all people and offer peace and blessings to everyone. Go in peace, friends. Go and tell someone about the radical, transforming love of Jesus Christ. Have a great week. God bless you. Amen.